0: Somewhere, lost in the clouded annals of history, lies a place that few have seen. A mysterious place called the unknown, where long-forgotten stories are revealed to those who travel through the wood. Welcome to Project Geekology, episode 37, I believe. My name is Dakota, and I am joined as always with my co-host, Anthony. And today, we're going to be covering Over the Garden Wall a Cartoon Network program that aired back in 2014 by creator Patrick McHale. It's 10 episodes, very short episodes. I think they're 10 to 11 minutes each. And uh, in my opinion, it's one of the best shows that most people have never heard of. Uh, What are are your thoughts, Anthony, since this is a a new show for you?
1: Right. Yeah, this is a show that kind of stuck by me because I hadn't heard about it before and when you told me about it i thought it was a new show and then mm. when i did a little bit of uh, researching i realized that it came back in 2014 and uh that it's a mini series so i was like okay it's uh it's definitely an, an interesting show um and i think that you have to give it another a second watch because that first watch you really don't know what's going on you don't know you're not understanding like what you're watching. It's it's an odd show. It's definitely creepy. It has its charm. It's oddly ominous and hopeful at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, so we're we're gonna get into more of the ominous quality, the hopeful quality, and the you know the spooky quality and the funny quality, all all that and more uh, in just a moment. But Anthony, what have you been up to this past week? What have I been up to? Yes, that is my question to you. What are what have you been up to? I don't know what I've been up to, but I just got one thing
1: to say. I've got no sense at all. No sense at all. <laughs> um, well I've been watching I, I watched through Over the Garden Wall. I managed to watch it twice. So nice. I, I mean it's I guess, short enough. Yeah, it's short enough.
0: It's short enough. That's
1: like a possibility. Right, right. It's it's tiny, I would say. Was it? It's ten episodes, with each episode, like you said, ranging from ten to eleven minutes. So, you know, that's it's like the average, minutes. It, yeah,
0: yeah, it's the average length of a movie, basically.
1: So yeah, I've been uh, watching that. Um, I've got my next convention set up for January. Can't wait. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be called. It's called Otaku Con. So, or no, Otaku Fest. Oh. So, uh. It's small. So I'm
0: guessing it's an I'm guessing it's an anime convention.
1: Um yes. Yes, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be some other stuff there too, but yeah, anime.
0: I I remember when like uh, anime festivals and Comic-Con festivals or comic book festivals were like separate things. Yes. And then they started doing them at the same time like, you know, then like i think new york comic-con started doing this thing where it was like new york comic-con and then like on the bottom floor or the top floor it was like um i forget what what anime festival it was but it was like anime con or something like that that wasn't the name but they started doing them together and now it's just kind of melded into one idea you know it's just pop culture uh from all over the world and i think that's the, the cool thing about cons i actually think i remember that um
1: when i went to new york comic-con with you back in 2018 i remember it was like nycc presents and it was like anime something
0: it might have been anime fest or something yeah it was yeah
1: yeah, it was something along the lines which unfortunately
0: we actually didn't go see the problem is it's not really and and because i I know this for a fact because i've been to new york comic-con a number of times it's not just one little area it's it's more that it's like melded into comic-con like they they just spread it all around it's just it's still the javits center you know yeah so um it's a little confusing and i feel like they should just call it comic-con and uh the anime fans should realize that there's a lot more than comic books at a comic convention right like you know
1: there's art where do they still put all the artists in the basement <laughs>
0: yeah they they shove them down there they you know you don't want you don't you don't want to look at them anymore artist alley in the basement (laughs) so artist alley like it's changed several times throughout the years before it was artist alley used to comprise a big part of the main show floor like once you got past certain booths, it suddenly became artist booths for a long time, and that was uh, that was probably up until like 2013, 2014, maybe a little earlier actually, and then they started shoving them downstairs into this little um, into the the, the the downstairs dungeon area, which was <laughs> fine. It kind of worked for for a little bit, and th- and then they started doing expansion to the. Um, the convention center in the Javits center mm. and uh they started putting them at least the past couple years that i remember they it was almost like a extension into a large tent or foyer room and i think that was probably what it was in 2018 if i remember correctly it was still like in the downstairs area but um now that it's complete i haven't seen the javits center in a couple of years so i don't know what it's going to look like this year but i will get back to you in a couple of weeks time because i plan on going to right, right. Con this year least we didn't go
1: in 2019 and then obviously not last year so
0: yeah last year was a bust for everyone yeah so uh that, that's exciting that you're going to uh, otaku fest uh, what are what else are you up to besides you know this show and otaku fest ah uh, you know no, nothing big really i don't have uh any anything anime related maybe like a star wars anime anime uh i don't know nah that's not big enough <laughs> star wars
1: visions eh. that's baby no, that's baby anime <laughs> i'm just kidding
0: it's actually amazing
1: um yeah it's interesting uh yeah i've started watching through visions i haven't completed it yet um because i'm also watching other anime too uh (laughs) so it's kind of like spreading spreading it through and star wars visions um i know we will have an episode for it specifically but what it is is it's a show of short stories within the star wars universe and whether or not it's canon remains to be seen like it's i heard it's like in the in-between you know but you know i'll leave that up to dakota because he is the canon and timeline lord
0: uh yeah so it is not canon i think actually the creators of the show or at least the, the people behind it have stated that it's like definitively not canon even though Um, It's based heavily on the canon, obviously, you know, Um, I don't know how far you've got into the series, but the episodes are all based around like certain time periods and stuff and they all kind of share the Jedi and Sith lore that we know and love so um, It it takes that and just injects Japanese culture into it and I think that that's the ultimate goal of the thing is to uh, introduce people to anime, you know introduce new fans to these studios that have been making anime for years. Yeah, so there's a there's a bunch of them that people will get involved with hopefully to check out some of their other shows and products that they've been working on over the years. And I really appreciate like what they have done with it because each episode is stylistically awesome. I would watch a whole show based on each of those little one-shot stories and I'm really pleased with it. yeah.
1: Yeah, so far it's pretty cool.
0: What if what What is your favorite of the ones that you've seen so far?
1: Um, the first one was really cool. Um, the duel. It was yeah. like really, I, I it's it's crazy because it's like one of those like Japanese films that you know, that you know you've seen before, but it's you know Star Wars, you know, you know, the, yeah, uh, you know, a, a drifter or, or a wanderer coming into town, and then there's these bandits that are taking uh taking over the town, taxing the town, and then there's the big bad, and then the wanderer ends up helping the town. You know, we've seen that story before, but it's really yeah. cool seeing it as a Star Wars anime.
0: Yeah, it's it's very clearly based on Akira Kurosawa's movies. Uh you know, the Seven Samurai, the Yojimbos yeah. and stuff. And that is really cool because that's what the original Star Wars was partially based on. Like a lot of um, a lot of Lucas and Ralph McQuarrie's original concept for Star Wars was a bunch of things but a a big portion of like the jedi stereotype and like mythology came from his love of kurosawa's films and stuff like that so it's kind of like a full circle thing where it's like kurosawa makes these movies about samurais and then george lucas makes jedi based on those very samurais and then an anime studio makes a akira kurosawa-esque star wars story and it's really cool you know it's I, i i love that kind of stuff yeah
1: man that that uh that lightsaber that the set had
0: the 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 umbrella lightsaber yeah that was kind (laughs) of i was like
1: i was like you could only see that in anime
0: i know it it doesn't work in like you can't see that in a movie and think that that's like as cool as you can one when you're watching it as an anime
1: yeah yeah
0: there's certain certain stylisticness to it
1: there's certain things that only anime can do and that's why live action, anything of anime doesn't usually pan out as the best. It's because right. you really can't do it.
0: Yeah, um, there's a certain stylistic quality to anime that just works for the medium. And right. it's really hard to translate that in a live action, especially like a, a lower budget live action that you would get on a, like a TV show where they have to spread spread the wealth across the episodes and just try to make it look as real as possible but you lose the stylistic quality of it usually
1: right and um you know you you and i had been talking we definitely want to be able to cover more anime and speaking of that we're going to be covering uh, cowboy bebop in the short future uh the anime and the tv show i don't know if you saw the intro that i sent you
0: yeah 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 i saw it it was really cool they i guess netflix made or recreated the uh opening to cowboy bebop which is pretty cool and it almost gave me sin city vibes i don't know if you remember that movie uh sin city where it was very like comic accurate and just super stylistic and that was actually one of them where i was just like actually this is very good You know in comparison to the comic book so it might be something like that and anthony you you just mentioned like a future episode i i wanted to talk a little bit about that because last week we buckled down and decided what our next 15 shows are including this one today over the garden wall Um, so in the current order that we have them we're gonna probably shift them around as we go about but next week we have revenge of the sith episode three then we're discussing what if season one Uh, Then because Dune's coming out in a couple weeks. We're deciding to cover David Lynch's Dune the uh, I think it came out in like 84 or 86 uh, And we're gonna see how that compares to Denis Villeneuve's Dune uh, The next week, so we're gonna be doing a a two-week Dune thing Then we're gonna go into uh, the Chamber of Secrets and then Eternals is coming out the next week So we're gonna cover that and then we're gonna do Cowboy Bebop the anime and then the Netflix uh, Cowboy Bebop uh, show. Then we're gonna do an episode, <laughs> we have a lot. We're, we're well ahead of schedule this time and it's actually pretty exciting. We have the first four episodes of the Wheel of Time season one uh, dropping and we'll cover those. Then we're gonna do Into the Spider-Verse. Then we're gonna cover the original Matrix. Then Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home is coming out that week. And then the Matrix Resurrections. And then we're going to cover season one of Hawkeye. Or, you know, the entire show of Hawkeye. So, we have a lot planned. That's 14 episodes down the line. If you want to uh, see more of what we're planning in the future, please be sure to follow us at PGeekology on Twitter and Project Geekology on Instagram so that you can keep up to date with everything that we're working on. Because we have a lot planned for the show and I think it's going to be a good time. And now that we actually have, like a vision for where we're going, I think it'll be a lot more uh, just tight, I guess, you know, on a weekly schedule and everything. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Right. You. We, we've been talking about tightening up the, the bolts. Uh, it's been a little loosey goosey. And especially after our, I mean, our, our, our like bit of a break, you know, with, with me being sick and, us just trying to find our our stride again i think that you know on the other side of of this break that uh where we're starting to tighten it up not not in a way that it feels like a uh like like it's a chore but more so that we know what we want to cover and that we have something to look forward to because we're not guessing what we what we want to cover you know
0: Absolutely, yeah. So I'm excited about the future of the podcast. You should be too. And I, I think a lot of it, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this as well, is going to like transcend into geek critique content a little bit in terms of I'm probably going to want to do shows that or episodes on geek critique that kind of go in line with with what we're doing in the future of uh, this this uh, in the future of this show here project ecology so i'm you know i'm just excited about the future of you know creating content and, and stuff and uh, on on top of that i haven't mentioned this to you anthony yet but uh last week um i got diagnosed with lyme disease oh, and wow. um and anaplasmosis yeah so it was something i thought i had for a while so i i was like really out of it for the past couple months I was uh I was feeling like foggy my physical strength was just weak all the time I was very fatigued after I came home from work and stuff and I was just like this feels weird I gotta check it out and turns out I have two tick-borne illnesses stupid ticks Um, yeah no
1: that that's crazy um did, I mean, did you ever like discover a tick on you at, at any point? I did.
0: I did have a tick on me a couple weeks ago, but I think I had the sickness before, before that. Before that, yeah, yeah. Um, at least the anaplasmosis I probably had before that. Anyway, I'm I'm on antibiotics. Should be cleared in a couple weeks. That's good, man. And I I can already tell like my my mental state is clearing up a little bit, just from uh from the antibiotics just kicking in, and I'm I'm and I've been in a good mood the past couple of days because of it.
1: Yeah, I know. I I did notice that that um you you weren't uh, you weren't really as energetic as you as you were before. So that's why you know, I didn't want to press recording too much cuz I didn't know what was going on and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to
0: I don't want to burn you out." And I, I did think it was burnout a little bit. I was worried it was burnout because there was just some days where I was just like, "I just don't want to do anything." But it wasn't. I don't think it was burnout because I'm. Ex- I'm always excited on, about the next product that I'm doing. But for whatever reason, I couldn't find the energy to do it. So it was. It was something like that. So, I'm. I'm on the mend. Don't feel bad for me. I'm actually very happy, and you know, it's almost like I'm grateful that I know what the illness is because now oh, I can treat good, it. that's good, man. I can treat it, and I caught it early enough where it's not going to have any lasting effects. Hopefully. So, here we go. We're gonna. That's pretty much what I've been doing, too. You know, I've, I watched uh, Star Wars Visions this past week. Yeah, man, uh, that's cool. I, I really love Star Wars Visions. Uh, I I actually watched through it twice. That's pretty much all I've done this week.
1: <laughs> I know. Now, now, now on to more anime, Dakota.
0: Now, yes, Anthony's pushing me to watch more an- anime. What, what anime would you recommend I watch first? And then second?
1: Well, what's big right now is I mean you know there's my hero but i think you're reading the manga right
0: yeah i'm i'm i think i'm on volume 10 now maybe 11 something like that and so i don't know is that ahead of the show or is that like no it's it's probably it's probably end of season two early season three something like that
1: oh okay so uh i mean my my hero it's it's always a great show to watch um Ri- the rising of the shield hero is another one that was like really really big uh season two is coming out soon okay. i think um miguel and i were looking into that and, shout out to uh, miguel
0: <laughs> we
1: we're looking into that and i think he said uh, next month or something like that maybe so I- i'm pretty excited for that um i know that demon slayer is a big one too season two
0: is about to drop so after we you know finish off this year's podcast because we have pretty much uh, our entire lineup planned maybe we should jump into some anime stuff next year yeah no for sure that'd be dope. definitely so should we jump into our discussion of over the garden wall finally or do you have anything else to say
1: uh no no i'm definitely uh ready to jump into
0: over the watch <laughs> yeah so over the garden wall is a show about two lost kids in the woods. They're, uh, we don't know why they're lost until the very end of the show, but they're they're walking through the woods and it actually starts with them just, you know, just wandering and Greg, the younger brother, is trying to pick a name for his frog that he just found and Wirt, the older brother, realizes, oh wait, we're lost, where are we going? We're just walking through the woods aimlessly. And then the entire show after that point is them going on random adventures uh, with random characters and trying to get back to civilization. And it's just one of the it's it's almost like Alice in Wonderland esque, where they have fallen through a rabbit hole, not necessarily a rabbit hole, but they've gone over the garden wall and they are in a place called the unknown and the the entire show even like after the fact it's still a mystery as to what the unknown is and so forth and it's just such a it's it's a bizarre story but it's also like you were saying anthony it's hopeful it's heartwarming um and you know because it's like a seasonal thing because it's like kind of based around like the fall time it's very spooky as well
1: right well i mean yeah it is set during the the fall the halloween season yeah yeah that that, i think that was a good non-spoiler take on it and like if you if you really really want to shorten it it's two brothers uh trek through yeah through an unknown through the unknown and they're trying to find their way home and Yeah, they stumble across all these different characters, uh, very spooky scenarios. And before any of you Frozen 2 fans try to be like, oh, the unknown, they get that from Frozen 2. This show came out before that. okay? so, you know, yeah. And there's a song
0: in there called Into the Unknown. Actually, yeah, it's actually pretty good how uh, (laughs) that's exactly the same name as uh, the Frozen 2 song. Yeah, Disney. Trying, Although to, trying to copy the, the original frozen came out a year before this no it did but i'm talking it did, about frozen like, two yeah, yeah Frozen Two.
1: the whole like notion of into the unknown and the un- unknown and all that um this show did it
0: right but it's a, it's a different concept when it comes to frozen 2. right it's right, a totally right. different unknown but um I, I think with frozen two it's almost like a m- metaphorical unknown because it's almost like they don't know themselves enough and where their stories are headed to devise what to do next. And that's why Into the Unknown is scary for them as characters in Frozen 2 versus a very literal unknown. Or at least we're us we're meant to assume it's a literal unknown in Over the Garden Wall, you know?
1: Well, at least at the beginning. And then they yeah. try to make you seem... You know, we'll we'll talk about the the ending and and our thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, for for those of you that like the spookiness of Courage the Cowardly Dog, I would give this a try. I mean, Courage probably was spooky more. It was every episode was spooky, and this is not so much the case for this show but when this show does get spooky it gets like really creepy
0: it's true yeah there's always like a like a a creep factor like over the entire show like a, a spooky factor um you know layered with humor and layered with heart and layered with you know the overall drama that's going on but then there are like certain parts of certain episodes that are just like whoa this went really dark and it, you, you mentioned it early on when you were watching it for the first time, Anthony. You texted me and you said, I don't know who the target audience is. Is it kids? Is it adults? Is it somewhere in between? And I can't answer that for you because, you know, characters like Greg, you can appreciate as an adult because it's it's ridiculous, this this stupid stuff he says. But it's also funny enough for children to just be like, you, you know like repeat random phrases like that frog's giving me the runaround" or something like that it's just <laughs> funny you know um and it, it's well written and i like the fact that it's actually acted by a kid you know greg is actually a kid yeah um, it is saying those lines so i think that adds a little bit of uh i don't know magic to the the recording right it just right feels it, it feels
1: it's a lot more authentic Genuine than almost, having yeah. an adult Voice act a a child voice, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Tara Strong would do a great Greg, but I'm I'm happy that they chose uh, a relative unknown actor. he uh, did really good. He did a fantastic job. He's I think he's my favorite character, honestly. So, um, what what about you? Where do you stand on like favorite characters?
1: You know, I guess
0: guess we should talk a little bit about the characters, right? Right. Because we're still in like a very non-spoiler section of this review. Um, so so Greg is the young kid who <laughs> is oblivious, aloof, 100% off base and messing things up the entire show, but in the most hilarious way possible. Like, he's the goofy cartoon character that you need for a show like this to, to have, uh, I guess, the laugh out loud moments that it sometimes does. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, you have his older brother. Wurt, who is just like he—you could tell—he's like a maybe early high school kid, maybe freshman or yeah, sophomore I, yeah, year. Yeah, I can see
1: that. I, I can see that, especially when you get to the penultimate episode,
0: right? And he's—he has certain things that he's dealing with in reality that he's bringing with him mentally uh, through the unknown, and it's. Or physically, I mean, (laughs) jury's still out on that one. But he is a character who is very just—you know—he's he has pent up teen angst, and he's not um, confident in himself. And confidence uh, is something that he's clearly lacking throughout the show, and something that he needs to gain, as well as um, a, a dismissal of the stupidity of his younger brother, which is a very common thing for older brothers to, you know, like. Come on! I don't want to play this game anymore. It's kind of stuff,
1: right? And, and you know, when you chalk up the show, this show is a really good show of um, like brotherhood.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a it's a great uh, story about you know two brothers who are who couldn't be on. Opposite ends of the who couldn't be more opposite, like spectrum wise, right, right? And right, they um, need to find each other to to get through the woods, basically.
1: And then you know we didn't we didn't uh we didn't mention that Greg is a uh he's a teapot elephant, and Works <laughs> is a World War II garden gnome, no uh Civil War garden gnome.
0: Yeah, it's a bizarre thing, but they're they're wearing a costume throughout the entire show for whatever reason you don't know at the offset of it um well they <laughs> kind of throw you in like they throw you into the show with
1: these two kids that are lost and you're like how'd they get lost
0: and why are they wearing
1: such stupid outfits
0: yeah they never tell you until the very end um which i appreciate i, I love the, the the way that the show unfolds itself a little bit so uh we also have characters like beatrice uh, she's a she's a mainstay throughout the show she's a bluebird who can talk and she is quote unquote trying to help the two kids get through the woods we don't really know her ultimate motives until later on in the show but um she does become a close friend to greg and work i think that's safe to say right and then what would what is your go-to uh name for the frog Cause he names he they uh, Greg renames him in every episode, but like, what is your favorite of the names that he came up with? (laughs) He called him George Washington. That is the best. And then, like in the next episode, he calls him uh, Benjamin Franklin. But yeah, no, George Washington. That that scene is probably my favorite in the entire show. There's a scene on on a on a steamboat that's like powered by frogs and you know all the frogs are in like uniform and it's like a very like civil frog society and then the frog that Wert and Greg bring along throughout the entire show who they rename or Greg renames in pretty much every episode right Uh, I I really (laughs) I really
1: do I really do like the the frog the frog is it's a non it's a non-speaking character except for like two instances where it's singing
0: and everyone's like surprised that the the frog can sing. Even like um, the frogs that on that on that boat were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and in that episode, his name is George Washington. And, and the and you know when when Greg points out that the president is naked. <laughs> I love that stuff.
1: Um, the intro song that the frog sings is really interesting because there's a lot of scenes that set you up for the rest of the show
0: and it's interesting yeah on a second watch you catch it but in the first watch you're just like this is random nonsense you know you you can't grasp anything and it's it's kind of cool because it's clearly a show that's meant to be rewatched. watched yeah it replayed. really
1: is i'm like uh, uh, because uh, in that in that first watch like i'm not gonna lie like at first like, i'm watching i'm like i don't know what to think about this show
0: Right, and I was, I was, I was so curious about like your first thoughts, and I was, I had to like pry it out of you, like, hey, have you started watching? And you're like, yeah, I'm like halfway through, and I was just like, I wonder if he likes it. Maybe he hates it. I don't know, um, but I'm happy that you have gone through it, and not only that, but watched a second time. Um, I, I watched. I think both of us rewatched it right before. Doing this podcast. But I think uh, now is a good time to break off of spoilers per se, so we can get more into the nitty gritty of the individual episodes and like what we liked about the story, maybe what we didn't like. Uh, But I highly recommend Over the Garden Wall. It's like we said, 10 episodes. Each episode is about 10 minutes in length. You can find all of them on HBO Max if you have a subscription there, or I'm sure you can find them online somewhere but it's it's a i highly recommend the show if you are interested in both a good animation at least fun animation clever animation and also just a a whirlwind of a story and emotions because you get a lot of that throughout the show so i i recommend you checking out the show before you continue this podcast if you haven't already um but for the rest of you the rest of us stick with us we're gonna talk more in depth about what we liked and didn't
1: yeah if you don't watch the show then they're gonna burgle your turds
0: and you're not gonna understand that reference unless you watch it we're here to burgle your turds <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: gosh Alrighty.
0: oh uh, i wonder if we should go should we discuss it episode by episode should we discuss the overall themes i don't even know where to start with this show but um i guess we'll we'll start at the start you know that the intro has the president or george washington or whatever we're going to call the the frog for the remainder of the the podcast on the piano singing a, 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 the introduction of the the show and it's like a it's a slow melody it's uh almost like crooning a little bit and you know the frog has a very deep voice and it's it sets the tone for the adventure that awaits almost
1: right and you know it the the thing that's crazy is that the that that song that we get in the beginning is the first half of of the song and you only get that first half and so that first half kind of sets that ominous tone to it
0: yeah for sure and i think the music in the in the show not only the music in the introduction of this first episode is very important to i almost like the the spirit of the show you know in terms of like how it works how it's uh how, how we consume it and understand it it's a very musical show um and it doesn't it's not a musical for sure it's not a musical but there is a heavy influence of music in it, and there are scenes where characters do sing and it just adds a certain flavor to it right it like i like it's i wouldn't say it's it's a
1: musical in the traditional sense i would say that it's more of an it's a narrative story that has musical elements to it and 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 i will say that like i mean some some of the songs are like they're they're catchy
0: yeah for sure uh that i'm thinking of (laughs) remember that the potato and molasses song when they go to oh the end the end is so good i'm the highway man (laughs) okay okay (laughs) and like (laughs) it was it and that that
1: song is like pretty dark and so is like that dance that he does
0: yeah so the it's it's interesting because the show bounces from mood to mood and it can get really dark really quick you know sometimes you think that the characters have saved the day and then you realize they've made it so much worse. Um, So there's a lot of that in over the garden wall that really just works. And because they're bite-sized episodes, you can watch any of these episodes and, and in mostly any order almost because um, even though there is an overarching narrative throughout the show uh, about like, you know, trying to trust certain people and knowing who to trust and uh, and so on and so forth the the individual episodes work on their own
1: right that so would you say well maybe not the yeah like the ninth episode is like its own thing too but the, i would say that there were like a couple episodes when you get towards the end where they're connected and you would have to watch them together to understand it
0: I would say, yeah, maybe like episodes eight through ten, you kind of have to sit or watch on a single setting. If you're going to like if you haven't watched the show in a while or whatever and you're just trying to, you know, just capture like the ending of the series and understand what's happening, you'd have to watch eight through ten because it it kind of goes into although episode eight is probably my least favorite um, because it's kind of like that episode where he goes or Greg goes into Cloud City and oh, it's, that, that, it's almost like uh it's almost like an old disney uh short like the you, you remember you know the yeah, old, kinda, like, it kind of it did it's short it, shorts it, it that did disney kind of
1: make me think of uh like an old timey cartoon i would say that i wasn't a big fan until like maybe like the north wind came in and then you started seeing
0: yeah.
1: how it was affecting
0: the real world or or the unknown at least yeah yeah so oh, yeah the unknown and we keep saying this because we at, even at the end of the show, it's unclear whether the unknown is a real place. But there are clearly events that happen after the show is over, seemingly, that show that the events in the unknown were true events, you know. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say because I think the show is meant to be interpreted by you know interpreted differently by different people i've seen a, i've seen like some crazy theories about like what the show actually means or whatever what the the final song is because the final song goes into the like these are the loveliest lies of all like what does that mean what is a yeah. lovely lie and i think we'll talk about that a little bit and uh, or we'll talk about that more in a little bit so in the first episode we meet the woodsman character and we're not really sure what his deal is because he's he's mysterious in a sense that like he's hiding something from our main characters or he's not telling them enough about his business or what he does for a living or whatever that they are suspicious of him and want to either attack him or leave his settlement right uh for whatever purpose but we we do know that he shows up several times throughout the show and for the most part he is a benevolent figure he's trying to help the kids even though he's a grumpy old man
1: right right and he is the one that tells us of the villain of the the story which is the
0: beast right which is such a good villain for this show but we'll talk more about the beast in a little bit we do get some i guess hints at what the beast could be early on i I love the the scene where word is outside and he's following uh he's following the frog into a barrel no uh greg i'm sorry greg yeah I, i get the two mixed up greg is following the frog into a barrel and suddenly this beastly thing pops up with eyes that are uh, eerily similar to those of the actual beast later on in the show. Like, it, I don't know if you caught that, but like, uh, Greg actually makes a point to mention you have beautiful eyes uh, as as he's like c- cowering in fear. It's really, it's actually a funny line. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's super creepy. Yeah, when
1: he's in, <laughs> in the barrel. But yeah, like it, when, when, that, when that creature pokes his head into the barrel... I was like, yeah, okay, this show is creepy. (laughs) That was like the first instance where I was like, okay, this show is going to be creepy.
0: Yes, yes. And I I warned you about that. I warned you it was going to be creepy. It it ended up turning out to be like, you know, after they destroy this poor huntsman or the woodsman's house and everything. Yeah, his mill. It turns out that it was just, yeah, his mill. They end up finding out that this quote unquote beast that they're running away from is no more than just a dog that swallowed the
1: turtle that greg put candy on in the beginning yes you
0: you caught it didn't you yeah so we there's something about the turtles in this world that is a mystery and i haven't like really thought too much about it i know jen uh is really trying to piece together like what the turtles represent do they represent death do they represent corruption I, i i have no idea what the turtles mean or if they mean anything besides their their literal, it's they're they're creepy too because they're like almost like licorice turtles. They're yeah, they're, they're
1: just like straight up black. You know, they're, like, they're black they're turtles. Dark, yeah. yeah, and that that same dog was the same dog from the intro song,
0: right? And a lot of the char- you know, if you go back and rewatch the show, you'll notice that a lot of the uh, intro characters or the characters in the intro song. Are the same um, individuals or same creatures or whatever that they interact with throughout the show? And you, it, one thing that's really interesting is like watching the intro scene of all these characters and then the outro scene at the end of the show, yeah, in the 10th episode. And like it's almost as if through their adventures, Greg and Wirt have helped these individuals uh, complete or or fix something in their lives and they're now able to move on with them i guess it's it's an interesting it's almost like a purgatory sort of thing
1: i I, I, that's a theory that's a theory
0: it it feels like it's that's a theory
1: because they're saying i think that one of the original uh names for the unknown was the in between
0: that's interesting that's really cool so that that could be the the case where there there the the unknown is actually like a purgatory for characters, who are stuck in their their own beautiful lies, you know, or the lovely lies that they that, that they're stuck in. And I, I'm calling it lovely lies because that's what the the frog sings at the end of the show. You know, these are the loveliest lies of all. And I I have a feeling the loveliest lies. There's a lot of theories about it, but I have a feeling it's it's mostly about the lies that these people tell themselves to get them through the unknown or whatever, you know. Yeah, like um, the
1: woodsman and his daughter, and
0: right, right. The because the show revolves around lies. Beatrice lied to Greg and Wurt as to the nature of Adelaide and like her why she's a blue uh, a bluebird and stuff. Um, yeah, you said the huntsman, the beast. Lies to the huntsman about, you know, why he needs to keep the the lantern burning. Right, right. There's the whole show is actually just a bunch of lies in terms of, you know, what's what's actually happening and stuff. So it's it's a really it's surprisingly deep. The more you think about it and the more you go into each episode looking for clues, the more you'll find. And I love I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, it it really is an interesting show because like I don't think I've ever like I've seen shows like you know Venture Time and the regular show and it's they're different from other shows, but there's something extremely different about this show. Like I mean it's I've never seen a cartoon like this because like I said it's so it's so confusing to to the the target, you know, demographic and it's not like it's not like the show is confused about what it wants to be it's more like i'm confused of what it's supposed to be you know like who is it supposed to be for
0: yeah and i actually do i appreciate that it's so ambiguous in terms of what it means like what is the ultimate meaning of the show besides like brotherly love i'm i'm happy that the show has a clear closed ending You know, like it's 10 episodes that clearly tell a closed story from like there's a clear arc of, you know, Greg and Wirt or Wirt doesn't get along with Greg and Wirt blames all his problems on Greg to the end of the show when Wirt accepts Greg as a brother and clearly loves his brother and wants to help his brother. And there's a there's a clear arc there, you know, and it's it's fascinating uh, the the journey that we're, we're sent on to to get to that point
1: what about that second episode that second episode what it, that second episode was creepy too but not as not creepy in the sense of that dog in the first one was but creepy in the sense of like when you realize the nature of the town
0: yeah i forget the name of the town do you remember what it was um was it like Hopsfield or something like that yeah something like that like Pepper, Pepper Free, I don't know. It was something uh, very, you know, just homely and uh, like middle America-y. And it was a town where, <laughs> it was seemingly a ghost town at first that they entered. And you know, they're followed by Beatrice who is trying to lead them to Adelaide of the forest. And uh, she has her own agenda in mind. She, she clearly just wants to save herself and her family. By bringing these these two to Adelaide. But they're kind of just following their own intuition at that point because they're so freshly lost in the woods and they find this town they're trying to call home or whatever. When Word goes
1: into that house and he sees the (laughs) turkey,
0: it's just a single turkey that's just like. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: the turkey, yeah. It's just like laying on the table.
0: (laughs) And there's so much that, like, the characters of Greg and were just dismissing, you know, like this is a weird thing that, you know it, that's just as weird as everything else that we've experienced in The Unknown and they just move past it, you know, they they don't just like, they they don't second guess any of the weird stuff that's happening in this town or this world, basically. And anyway, they, they find their way to this party and it's almost like a cult gathering Yeah, 100% uh, um, of these people dancing around um a giant stock thing with a big pumpkin on on the top and everyone's wearing pumpkin outfits and it's like just bizarre
1: right and it was a beatrice and wart are kind of they're kind of the same but but yeah beatrice is like it is is this as weird as as i think you know it's like is this isn't this like weird (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like kind of weird because they're that you know they're thinking like oh oh it's a a costume right oh yeah when they walk into that town when they first walk into the town they step on those pumpkins by accident
0: yes and for the entire episode greg is wearing a pumpkin on his foot
1: (laughs) um yeah and then like the the leader of this like weird pumpkin town because like i don't know these like people are like pumpkin people they sent us they're like all right we we sent into you and and they're thinking that like they're gonna execute them or something you know um Mm -hmm. but they're like all right to three hours of manual labor or something like that and so like they're they're, like in the they're in this field that they you know picking this stuff that kind of looks like corn and digging holes (laughs) stuff. and then beatrice is like you guys are digging your graves (laughs) (laughs)
0: and you could totally it actually looks like they are digging their own graves (laughs) and then you see like the
1: townspeople like coming up and uh yeah like it it just seemed like yeah like okay and like you're thinking oh my god yeah they're gonna try to like kill him or something yeah but then really what they were digging holes were down to these like skeletons and that it,
0: became alive, basically, and it's put or on came the, to life, I yeah,
1: and then put on put on the pump like put on these pumpkins and clothing, and you're like, oh, okay, so this town is filled with pumpkin. Pe- I mean,
0: skeleton people. And there's actually like hints about that earlier in the show because we're, when when is like in the party, he talks to someone like a, a female one uh, of these these pumpkin people, and she's just like, "Aren't you a little early?" and we don't understand what that means until oh, you realize he's yeah. still living and they're not and it, and it's funny
1: because like they're like all running away and the townspeople don't really care they're like okay we got our people that's it they're like oh yeah. are we being chased no <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one i think is your favorite one which one? This is when they go to school
0: oh i i do like the third one i don't think it's my favorite but i do there because of the i, I song. love the teacher i love the teacher first oh of all. my
1: gosh i love it when she starts singing and beatrice <laughs> about, is like about jimmy brown right? and then beatrice <laughs> is like "Ooh, this study has baggage
0: because <laughs> <laughs> she's a school teacher she's supposed to be teaching these kids so she starts singing a song about the abcs but all the abcs have to do with how this guy, Jimmy Brown, left her. And it's such a... It's it's like a sad, old-timey song, but it's, it's also hilarious. Yeah, everything about thinking that thinking about show is old-timey. Yes. And I think it's kind of set in, like, the 80s, maybe. Uh, you know, once you realize, like, what the modern-day setting is. Oh, outside
1: um, of the unknown. The unknown. Yeah. The unknown is kind of timeless. Because some mm-hmm. of it... Some of it looks like it takes place in, like, the the 1800s some of it looks like it could take place in like the 1600s it's really like odd
0: for sure yeah
1: but yeah no it's it's funny um when they they go and (laughs) they go and eat lunch (laughs) and the teachers like like uh playing this like sad song and they're eating just
0: like bland potatoes mashed potatoes and all the animals look sad and you actually kind of feel bad for them the way that they animate the animals they look truly depressed with they their do lives.
1: what about when greg walks up to the to the um piano he's like hey can you play something like this bum, 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 bum. And, like just like <laughs> it just like starts mashing on the piano like just you know it's like nothing and um
0: and the teacher's like like this and it's like a slightly more <laughs> jolly song right and, and then
1: greg's like <laughs> kind of not happy about it but he's like i guess that works
0: (laughs) he's like good enough
1: then he gets like this Uh, molasses that happens to be sitting on top of that piano too
0: yeah and the 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 genius of this episode is the song um potatoes and molasses because the 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 idea of eating potatoes and molasses is just disgusting but it would spice up their meal (laughs) you know but um i know mashed potatoes and molasses yeah yeah, it's it sounds disgusting, but one thing that I love, and I didn't realize it until like I had listened to the album like outside of the show, is that they had recorded a version of Potatoes and Molasses in Latin, and they played at the end of the show. Uh, it's called uh, "Potatus et Molassus, and it's just the Potatoes and Molasses song, but translated into Latin, and uh, the actor for Greg actually goes and sings the entire thing in Latin and it's really fun i think it's really funny and then so you end up finding uh,
1: like the the her father the teacher's father is the one that funds the school and it's a school for animals you know like yeah. you know like humanoid animals that are like that you know they're being teached like human children so yeah the he kind of busts in he takes the instruments that are being played during that song and uh You go and realize that he needs—he really took the instruments so he could sell them to make more money for the school, because he—he, you know, it's for his daughter. He wants to, you know, do what he can for his daughter uh, because her man, you know, left her. And uh, and this whole time, there's like this random gorilla that's running around in the forest.
0: Yes, and (laughs) I love that line. I love that line where the teacher's just like and that and that wild gorilla that's running around and you're just like wait what in in the woods uh, you're just like oh um, no it's funny because
1: like you know and and it, it, this is like one of the nice moments where they kind of like fix the they fix things um because uh greg and wart kind of they find out you know the, the father talking to himself that they need money for the school and so they take the instruments and set up this like little benefit concert to you know raise money for the school and then this like gorilla just pops up out of nowhere and war i think he like trips right and then like yeah, knocks over. over the gorilla and the head comes off and it's uh the teacher what, what was his name jimmy brown jimmy brown yeah and it ends up being uh this this lady's um the boyfriend or fiance the whole time he just couldn't take off the head
0: which is so stupid
1: <laughs> but <laughs> he joined the circus to make money for a ring
0: <laughs> yeah oh man the show is so dumb but it's another one of those lies you know that like the show kind of fixes or like men's you know it, it, the lie that the gorilla is terrorizing the town
1: and he's is... just like running around trying to get help <laughs> what the
0: head <laughs> Yeah, but he is like hiding behind things. Like he was hiding in like <laughs> the bushes earlier in the episode. He's
1: like really acting menacing.
0: Yeah. So the next episode is them going into this inn in the middle of nowhere, and they're trying to find uh, directions to get out of the pasture. Or no, they're they're, find, they're trying to find directions to go to Adelaide. Right. And. Because Beatrice isn't allowed in the inn, she can't ask for directions. And they, there's a funny scene where, like, the, the <laughs> they're like, bluebirds are bad luck. And it's just like, where did that rule come from? And, <laughs> uh, Maybe in the unknown. Well, yeah. And then Beatrice is like, no, bluebirds are good luck. And they're like, well, either way, I don't want it. And they they kick Beatrice out. And she she spends the her night with uh, Fred the horse.
1: Yeah, Fred the horse who is, and we we didn't even speak about um, that that woodsman that we that we meet is voiced by Christopher Lloyd.
0: Yeah, let's let's go through the cast list while we're at it because there's so much incredible cast. You know, in, yeah, while we're show. on this
1: episode because Fred the horse is also voiced by a familiar person that that we've heard before,
0: Fred Stoller.
1: Yeah, he is a very um, like that like he always plays was like really depressed characters
0: yeah um wurt uh one of our main characters is played by elijah wood and i told anthony that like once you realize who it is you're going to you're going to have a hard time like being able to like unhear it you know like all you'll see is elijah wood as his character now which isn't a bad thing um there's colin dean who plays greg and uh the picture shows him currently as of right now he is 16 years old so back in 2014 he was a nine-year-old boy right and i think that
1: that that was a good character that was a good person to cast for a young character because i'm pretty sure that um greg seemed like a kid anywhere from maybe seven to nine
0: yeah absolutely i mean
1: he was short but I know he, w- he was older. He wasn't like a five or six-year-old. He was an right. older kid.
0: Yeah, he was clearly like... Maybe like early middle school, late elementary school, something like that. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Melanie, La- Melanie Linsky as Beatrice. Like you said, the woodsman was played by Christopher Lloyd. And it's a very like... You know it's you him. Hear it, you hear it immediately. You hear it immediately. You know it's him. And it works so well with that character. The grumpy old man character. Yeah. Um, the Beast is played by Samuel Ramey. Uh, what else is Samuel Ramey in? I'm going to look that up really quick. Yeah, the, He was in Amade- the... he Amadeus. He's in a bunch of stuff, but he has such a great voice for it. Right. Then we have um, uh, Quincy Endicott, uh, who's played by John Cleese, one of the Monty Python dudes. Oh, Tim Curry plays Auntie Whispers, which is like the scariest character ever. <laughs> a re- definitely a really weird character, and it kind of reminds me
1: a little bit of that hunchback character from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh my gosh. Yes. Who who also had the bells. Wait, what? The hunchback from Courage the Cowardly Dog, he had uh-huh. this thing for bells. And Auntie I Whispers had a bell.
0: That's super creepy. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I can't I don't know who the rest of the cast list is, but I recognize the character who played Jimmy Brown. I don't know if you ever uh, watched Reno 911, but he's, like, the, the sheriff of Reno 911, uh, Thomas Lennon. Mm. So, that's... I mean, it's a stacked cast. So, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic show in that respect, too. Like, the fact that they were able to get such huge names for those roles. Because it's... What's interesting is a lot of those are actual actors. They're not voice actors. Right. But they were able to get such a stacked cast... Somehow, I don't know if, you know, I don't know the the strings that need to be pulled. But, you know, the fact that Elijah Wood is playing the main character, you have characters, uh, you have actors like um, Tim Curry and.
1: Right, right. And it is seemingly for a Crystal show that Lloyd. nobody really knows about, but it's rated really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was pretty cool. I-, I love all that kind of stuff. So I-, I actually really like the episode where they're in the inn because it's such a bizarre everything everything in the show is bizarre like nothing goes according to plan nothing is what it seems but um I'm the there's just a man. bunch <laughs> okay
1: and he does it right when somebody's talking too
0: <laughs> yes uh the i would say this is probably one of the more musical episodes in the sense that like yeah. several songs are played right but They end up thinking like all the people in this inn start end up thinking that that Wirt is trying to find the person that he loves which is Adelaide and you know the people are like oh so it's a woman that you're after Uh, and then (laughs) they start planning his marriage and (laughs) we have the tailor here he'll make you uh, a suit and you know we have this person and that person and it's just such a fun quirky thing until the highway man shows up
1: (laughs) yeah then he starts singing this like
0: creepy song i'm the highway man i make ends meet take your shoes right off your feet (laughs) (laughs) so stupid (laughs) um and he starts
1: dancing and it's like really creepy
0: yeah because it's almost like he stops like obeying the laws of gravity the way that he's like leaning over and like it's it's just super in your face kind of stuff it's really cool though
1: yeah it's really trippy but yeah that that episode is where they they get um you know and and then beatrice leaves she flies away because she hears um it's it's the bee singing right and uh so greg and and uh or yeah greg and wart go to to find her and they end up finding and they hop on the horse uh fred the horse Mm -hmm. you know and they go they find her and they find the uh woodsman kind of over her with with this uh lamp and an axe and really you you go and find out that he didn't do anything it was her that flew into a tree and she like got knocked out
0: yeah so uh, while he's in the inn a lot of them are talking about how uh, the one with the dark lantern is the beast or the the beast is always near the dark lantern and it's it's true so we don't realize that um uh, until like i think it's this episode when the beast first shows up but he is always trying to get the woodsman to keep the the lantern burning and right.
1: like and they make the the woods are like really really dark i mean like like they 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 made a they made a good jo- they did they did a good job at making the woods like very ominous and just like super dark.
0: It reminds me of Snow White, the the first uh Disney movie where the the scene where she's going through the woods and she gets like she like runs into it and it's like those trees that are like have like really gnarly branches and it almost looks like the trees have faces and it's a it's a very dark and scary scene and she falls to the the ground in that in that moment it's almost like they took that idea and made it the setting of this show you know the you're in these woods now yeah and that's that's where this resides so while they're on fred the horse they go to this giant mansion they you know they need passage on this ferry so they're trying to uh steal something from someone who is very wealthy so they they find a giant mansion and the episode actually starts with them having dinner with this guy who they have conned into believing that they are his nephews and he's just this really aloof wealthy guy who's just like uh the the, the more money i get the bigger my house gets and the more lost i get and he's just so He's like i don't he's even such a know weird who i character. am yeah it's such a bizarre character but i love it
1: um and and and, and i love um <laughs> beatrice it was like she was the one that kind of set it up the she set up the con where it's kind of like you know we're gonna rob this guy oh you know kind of like this isn't right and then he's and then he was like kind of like oh well, what does the, the horse want and he's like i want to
0: steal <laughs> <laughs> yeah It's so funny. Uh, There's little things like that where it's just like one-liner conversation sort of things that just end in a joke that you just, you gotta love. It's just good writing.
1: Oh, and then we forgot about the Adelaide song that they sing.
0: Adelaide, Adelaide. We're going to the Adelaide parade or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that mansion episode was... It was pretty funny when you... Uh, because he kind of freaking out, because he says that he keeps on seeing the ghost of a woman. Yeah, and, and, and like so, it's kind of setting up the episode to seem like it's like creepy. I'm like, oh man, there's gonna be a
0: ghost in this one. <coughs> That's
1: probably gonna be super creepy.
0: And it turns out to be just there. <laughs> this guy's mansion is so big that he has somehow uh, built his mansion into the mansion next door of his competitor and together they share a super mansion uh and they don't realize that each other live in the same place and basically they occasionally catch glimpses of each other and think that each other are specters or ghosts or whatever. yeah yeah
1: yeah they're, <laughs> they're like they're like no this is my house no this is my house and then there's like a sign that they like they're like no this is my tea garden
0: yeah so now i guess they they have the monopoly on tea in the unknown or however they sell their tea i have no idea what 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 to make of that episode i think that might be one of my one of the weaker episodes for me in terms of like the overall arc because it, it does take you out of the woods for the episode you know
1: right right and like the whole reason why they're there though is like they need money to go onto the ferry they need two pennies two pennies
0: Which is such a funny small amount, and (laughs) yeah, I I love the fact that they find this person with so much wealth, and all they need is two pennies. And you know, instead of just asking the guy for two pennies, they they go through this crazy like ghost hunt almost. Yeah, try to like uh,
1: yeah, try to find money
0: until, of course, uh, Greg at the end of the episode throws the sense into the into the well and goes i got no sense no sense at all so which
1: which episode what i don't know if we're misplacing episodes which episode is the one is it after the ferry or before the ferry with the auntie whispers one
0: i think it's after the ferry i'm looking it up now hold on
1: because that one was by far the creepiest one out of them all that was the creepiest episode
0: yeah, so episode six is Lullaby in Frogland, and then the next episode is the Ringing of the Bell. Oh, Okay, the Ringing of the Bell is, is by far the creepiest. Yeah, so let's talk about Lullaby in Frogland because I think that's my favorite of the of all the episodes because it's so bizarre, but it has its own mood thing going on. Yeah,
1: know? yeah, I did I did like that episode too. Yeah, well, especially with uh, George Washington singing, and you, you realize that that boat that they're on. Is that wind-up boat from the
0: beginning? Oh, yes, yes. So, if, it if it you don't remember... So it makes so much If you sense. don't remember, uh, like, in the beginning of the show, there's just a bunch of random either individuals or creatures or things that, like, are, are featured throughout the, the, the unknown, you know? In these individual episodes sort of things. And the boat is... Yeah, it's 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 the toy boat that they that they show in the beginning of the show and now they're using that as a ferry down the river. Yeah. But I I love the fact that it's run by frogs all the frogs are wearing gentlemanly attire they're taking pictures of like their newborn tadpoles and it's just some random random nonsense and frog stuff and like the the hors d'oeuvres that they're passing around are just flies and stuff so when people knock over the hors d'oeuvres tray there's like the 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 frogs like grab the the flies out of the air it's it's just quirky i know frog nonsense And,
1: and it's funny that like the frogs really aren't paying any attention to the fact that there's a couple of humans on board, you know, with the bird. Yes.
0: Yeah, and we're not really sure if the frogs are mad about the fact that they didn't pay the 2 pennies to get aboard or if George Washington uh was is naked. naked. <laughs> yeah, so cuz cuz there was the scene after the fact when, you know, they they get onto the stage and they're wearing um this disguise where George Washington is at the top and uh, Word is like holding him up. And then the, the cloak comes off him and it's just like a naked frog on top of Word's head. And everyone seems to be like in shock at the fact that he's naked. So it might have been that George Washington was naked and that's why. Yeah, they were, they the, were
1: in shock, but they didn't really care because they liked the music.
0: Yes, and that was actually... <laughs> i love i love that song i don't remember it off the top of my head but i I,
1: did too but the the song both of the songs that the frog sings are really good
0: yeah the the voice is just yeah the voice actor that
1: like that sings for the frog has like a really nice like deep voice yeah and it goes well for that that type of music that he's singing you know it's like a it, it goes well with that like setting that the unknown is set in like kind of old timey, you know?
0: So what they did was they, um, it was a singer. Or it, the, the, the frog is voiced by Jack Jones, who's an American singer. He's 83 years old now. So he was probably, you know, late seventies when the, when the show came out. Yeah. He's kind uh, like, a,
1: it sounds like an older person.
0: Yeah. But the, you know, the, the timbre was super deep and, but, you could tell it was a very well trained voice, and I appreciate like that they decided to go that route because again, it kept the old timey feel.
1: It really did, it really did. Yeah, that 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 episode was uh, interesting, and then it's funny <laughs> where the the fairy was taking them
0: to the mud, <laughs> <laughs> to the mud, so for that they the, can uh, they can hibernate or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's getting towards winter
0: yeah and very very soon in the show like it starts snowing and stuff so that's that's a good point point. and one of my favorite lines in that episode is when they present that the, the other frogs present george washington with a record a record deal and greg looks at him and he goes well done mr president well done <laughs> or something like that uh so good yeah i know and
1: he was mature enough to be like you know I've got to let him go.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting. That was an interesting moment because none of the other characters seemed to care. You know, they the other characters had walked off, but like Greg realized, it was just it was almost like a.
1: It was a mature obvious, moment for Greg.
0: Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time like putting a putting words to it because it was a wordless scene. But it was almost like you know, Greg saw that George Washington the frog was. Um, right. Doing he well was... for himself, and he he didn't want to take away from his moment, or and he just you know like nodded and like walked away. It was really good.
1: Yeah, no, it, it yeah, it was. Nothing was really being said, but you understood what was going on.
0: So Greg and Wirt find this uh, seemingly abandoned house, and they... and turds. They yeah it's it's really weird. They they end up finding a whole barrel full of turtles. And we know that turtles aren't a good sign for the show. We we learned that in the past. But for whatever reason there's there's turtles in this house. So it's a bad sign. So the the girl that comes to the door who I guess lives there, I forget her name. Do you remember? Yeah, so the this this girl that lives in this house is clearly sick. She's coughing, she's pale and you're not really sure like what her deal is but she wants to hide them from um the her her auntie
1: right and what once you see uh the auntie who happens to be named auntie whispers voiced by tim curry very creepy character <laughs> very very creepy character
0: i don't know how they could have possibly made that character even creepier than it than it is but yeah it's Lorna, like her teeth are are are. Oh, Lorna, Loma. yes. No, Loma or Lorna. Is it? No, it is Lorna. It's Lorna. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Lorna. And the fact that like Auntie Whispers is you can't even see her feet. Like it's just she's she's like. How do I describe her? It's almost like um, they watched Spirited Away, and got the idea from uh, Yubaba the witch. <laughs> Uh, because that's kind of the shape that she is,
1: and you see, and this is why this episode is one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, this the show kind of spans over or the unknown spans over different times because the way that they're dressed is like old school Massachusetts from like the Crucible or something.
0: Yeah, and it's almost like they they picked and choose random stuff from all over, like different ages and stuff. And even in the the like two episodes prior, when they're in the um, Endicott Mansion, um, Wurt makes the uh, like seemingly out of character um, description that like half the mansion is French Rococo, and the other one is more Georgian style. And it's almost like there's different styles of places and and um, cultures that are just mismatched in this reality. Yeah. But anyway, um, Auntie Whispers comes. They're hiding in a barrel full of turtles. And Auntie Whispers is creepy, dude. Like, just the the way that they animated her, everything. Like, the fact that, you know, she's talking about, like, you don't want to get eaten or something like that. Uh, Greg Greg is just, like,
1: completely ridiculous in this episode. When they first meet Lorna, yes. she's like, oh, who, who are you? And then he, Greg is like, we're burglars. <laughs> we're going to burgle your turds.
0: <laughs> and then we like, no, 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 stop. Shut up. We're not burglars. <laughs> this show is so well written. And the fact... I keep coming back to this. The fact that it's a kid playing Greg is so genuine sounding. You know? Yeah. Like, it, there's you can believe a kid would be this dumb. Or this stupid. Or this aloof to the danger that they're in. And anyway, so they... For whatever reason auntie whispers has a little bell that glows when and you know the 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 light of the the bell compels you to like listen to me basically
1: right and lorna like her eyes kind of like glide up too
0: yeah it's the whole thing is super weird and and creepy but they end up getting uh they end up stealing the bell or at least uh greg Greg, steals the bell
1: greg goes upstairs
0: oh no it was it was uh george washington ate the bill or something yeah like that. anyway they they free this uh person lorna who they assume is being kept against her will it actually seems like she is being kept against her will because, right, you know, right it's not f- it's uh, auntie whispers isn't her real family um and all this so right Greg's she's like being no forced we to get you to out of here.
1: chores and stuff
0: yeah it's worth saying that we got to get you out of here
1: right right and then you know auntie whispers like chases down greg and um i think his name is benjamin franklin in this episode um the frog and uh they run in the room that lorna usually stays in and auntie whispers is like look i tried to warn you now she's gonna eat you and you're like oh crap and you turn around and it looks super creepy I mean, yeah, super creepy. That
0: was like one like of the creep- gas, ghastly almost. It was, it was just like she's like a floating spirit creature thing that is. You might see clearly the Witcher,
1: like, like something that you would see in the Witcher.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's a monster. It's a pure monster, and um, it's super, it's super creepy. They end up realizing that she was the reason that Auntie Whispers was. Like not letting her out. It wasn't to keep her in, to like a, like abuse her and like use uh, her as like a slave. But it was it was to <laughs> so that she didn't become monstrous like we see in this episode. So it's really
1: right, right. And I was like, even Auntie whispers was like, "Did no, you know nobody came by, right? Anybody to eat? You know, and it made it seem like she was talking about her."
0: Yes it's and it's one of those beautiful lies you know or it's one of those lovely lies that the show is telling you like you don't know what to expect until it plays out right so
1: and then they end up using the bell to save lorna which i don't understand why auntie whispers didn't try that to begin with
0: right i mean at the end she she's just like i didn't want you to leave which i guess could possibly mean that she kept that whole thing up with uh the the spirit thing so that she wouldn't be alone. But in the end, Lorna wanted to stay with her, which was nice.
1: You're right, right. And it, it ended up becoming it, it like ended ended on like a heartfelt kind of thing, but it was really creepy. The episode was like the creepiest one.
0: Yeah, that was probably that was that was definitely like the highlight of like the show's creepiness. But then we get into episode eight, which is we talked a little bit about it before, but they're they're going to sleep and word is very angry with greg and he starts saying like I'm, I'm done you know trying to actually you know what we skipped a big part we, we skipped the whole adelaide bit we did um, i a was couple just episodes. thinking about that i was like wait are we maybe it was the that? episode prior
1: right where yeah um, and it, it was a Beatri- beatrice was leading them to uh, to adelaide but then she started rethinking it because she knew she got to know these characters and was like you know i don't want to do this to them and so she goes to adelaide to let her know like hey deals off and uh worked and yeah. greg end up following her into the house i mean adelaide was like really creepy too she's like you know i don't want any fresh air in here it makes me sick <laughs> and
0: it literally it really did yeah right <laughs> right and so like
1: she like oh op- uh beatrice opens the door and she ends up like adelaide ends up like melting slash like poofing into dust
0: yeah that was a it, it was probably the easiest like solution to that problem but gregan were at least were specifically lost his faith in beatrice for a little bit because of the fact that beatrice was leading them to their doom eventually and you go back to the earlier episodes like on a rewatch and you're just like oh wow yeah beatrice was totally leading them to this place to die or whatever yeah uh, just so that she can get back to reality right and and we
1: we yeah we find out that it it was adelaide that changed her and her family into bluebirds and she was trying to get these scissors to like clip their wings so that they could become human again
0: yeah which is a is like dark to think about you know cutting cutting a bluebird's wings and stuff so it's it's the whole show is like super deep and creepy you don't want to overthink things yeah so anyway going back to uh this point You know, Word is kind of fed up with Beatrice. He's fed up with himself for getting them into places. And he's fed up with Greg for uh, causing all the chaos and mischief that he has over the the past couple episodes. And they end up going to sleep. And, you know, Greg or Word, Word tells him, like, you lead from now on. I'm done. And so... Greg has this like uh, it's almost like a prayer, I guess, that he he's just like you know help me be uh, a better leader. And he ends up having this um, dream that lifts him into almost like a heavenly realm called Cloud City, where uh, I thought it was pretty funny the the different reception committees. Oh yeah. <laughs> and by the third committee, Greg's like, "Are there any more?" <laughs> he goes, "That's enough." <laughs>
1: yeah because it was like a depressed like dog or something
0: yes and the the whole sequence is a really weird one it's really trippy
1: because and and it made me think i was like i was like man like just 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 because the key went up to the clouds i was like yo did they like die or something
0: yeah and you're again you're not sure is this is this part of like the
1: unknown like you didn't know what what it was like did he die is this part of the world
0: yeah and that goes into purgatory like are they in between like heaven and hell and he just went to heaven just now is that what's happening right it's a it's a weird reality like within a reality that greg inhabits for a short short while and the art style is very much like one of the very old uh walt disney shorts back in the day you know like if you ever watch like short f- films from walt disney like from even before like back in the day, uh, they're the,
1: super trippy.
0: Yeah, before the Mickey Mouse era and everything, it was just bizarre and trippy, and it was just like little little gaffs and loops that he would do, and he'd make animals jump and stuff, and it it, it felt like that. Um, but overall, I think it's my least favorite episode because it just kind of meanders and doesn't actually, it doesn't add too much to but, the plot. But, but, but what about when the North
1: Wind comes in?
0: The North Wind. <laughs> yeah, I I did love the animation for the North Wind. Um what did you think?
1: Um I thought the it, it, the episode got better af- from that point on um and then after because then you realize that um what was going on with from that point on was affecting them in the unknown or like their reality whatever reality their reality was but like they were sleeping and the north winds the th- uh, the wind was starting to blow across them it was starting to get cold and they stopped, um, they kind of stopped, but while they were like on this like little boat before that moment, remember? Before they fell asleep, and then they could hear the beast singing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about, because they're, they're currently asleep in this episode, for the most of it. And Greg, or Wort has given up at this point, you know? It's almost like he's resigned to the fate that they're just lost. And That's part of what happens in Cloud City like he's talking to that fairy godmother sort of character and she tells him that like it's too late your brother's been taken by by the trees and by um, the beast basically like he's given up and he will uh, become part of the Edelwood or whatever.
1: Right And, and you see it growing around him.
0: And Greg basically gives himself up to save his brother which is something that Wurt has not done yet. Right. Which is just a huge moment for Greg. It's a it's a powerful moment because you see that Greg, who's this silly, uh, happy-go-lucky character, no matter what happens, is giving up his freedom and his life to save his brother Wurt, who seemingly doesn't care about him at this point. Yeah. Is a it's it's super powerful. You know, you you feel really bad for all of these characters.
1: Right, and the next episode is the episode that like brings them to their world where they're from.
0: Right. So it's the, it's, I guess it's, it's the episode that shows us what happened before they were in the garden or over the garden wall, I should say before they were on the unknown. And it it goes into, you know, how Wirt was trying to make a mixtape for this girl named Sarah that he liked. But then uh, Greg almost gave, the or basically did give the tape to people who gave the tape uh or who put the the tape into Sarah's jacket pocket and it's it's a it became a, an adventure of trying to get the tape back because were wasn't physically ready uh, or emotionally ready to handle that kind of commitment or you know he was he was cowardly at the at, at the end of the day right he didn't it's like have a teenage thing what it took right and it's understandable and it's you, you don't hold it against him it's just he he wasn't ready for whatever was uh whatever he wanted it was a. it's actually i i liked the episode quite a bit it almost reminded me of stranger things the base on like the setting and the types of people and the clothes that everyone was wearing and yeah just the town in general
1: and then this is where you find out what what greg was dressed up as but then you still don't know what uh work was going with yeah it was like it was halloween it was the, it was the ha- it was for halloween that's why the setting of the show is in halloween is halloween essentially
0: yeah and there's a there's a point that i want to bring out that i noticed a couple times throughout the show whenever you see the moon it's at a certain phase where it's it's all, it's a half moon and it's always like in the same position Every every time you see the, the moon, even though, like, several days pass within the unknown, for whatever reason, the phase of the moon never changes. And we realize, in this episode, that that's the phase of the moon that it was on Halloween that night. Uh, for whatever, like, they, they highlight the moon as being a half moon in that episode. So it's almost like no time at all passed. That Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just thought it was creative, I guess. Even though time does pass in the unknown, clearly... Like the woodsman's been there for years, according to the beast, and we see day and night cycles. No time is actually passing.
1: Hey, the you robbers! World. You're under arrest. Just kidding.
0: Happy Halloween. Hey, stop <laughs> <so> running.
1: Stupid. <laughs> is this a witch's gathering? That that one had me laughing dying.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I also love Jason Funderburger. Oh, because um, he's the way he like talks. Jason Funderburger. Yeah. come on sarah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then like Wurt is like freaking out the whole time like oh my gosh she's like everything he's the total package and then and then like i thought it was like cute when greg was like so are you
0: yes yeah it was nice yeah, yeah. it was
1: sweet um and
0: throughout throughout that whole thing like sarah never see never never cared for jason funderberger aside from like they were hanging out and it was just like all in wort's head really it really was, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and then,
1: you know, they're, they're going and trying to get this tape that Wirt made for her, and remember um, when they go to the graveyard, um, Wirt was like, oh, I can make, I mean, uh, Greg's like, oh, I can make a distraction, and then when <laughs> when uh, Wirt sees uh, J- Jason Thunderburger's like, hand on Sarah's lap, he's like, all right, do it. <laughs> and then you just see and then you just see like Greg just step, he's like, Woo And they're like, Is that Greg is that the younger brother? He's like, No, I'm a headless elephant. And they're like they're like, Is is Wirt here? And he's like, Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> and, like he just sold him out. Yeah,
0: so they they end up running from the cops in this scene and they climb up uh Which is a funny because they
1: really didn't need
0: to. No, they didn't. It, it was, and the cop was like just messing with the kids, clearly. But um, they end up going over this wall, over the garden wall, and they almost got hit by a train in that instance. And they 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 jump or they fall down a hill and end up both kind of near drowning in a lake. And that's where we realize um, the story kind of starts for them.
1: Right, right, and that's how the episode before that ended um, when he went. Remember. When uh, Wirt went to go look for Greg And he ended up falling in the water He
0: fell into the, the lake And yeah that was a, it was an interesting point Because Beatrice was like Where's Greg? Where's Greg Wirt? And it kind of just goes to show A little bit about his priorities Obviously like he was looking for Greg In that moment But before that he was so dismissive of Greg That it was almost as if um, It wasn't his problem You know I'm not my brother's yeah. keeper Sort of thing And it's a really, it's just a, it's a fantastic story about like you know, taking care of uh, our brothers. So
1: right, right, and and then you see that, uh, Wart, kind of has a, he has a resentment towards his brother because they're they're really half brothers because his mother married uh, Greg's father.
0: That was interesting, and you know, it, it's it, it also showed some of uh, his insecurities wort's insecurities because um he was talking about like how like you guys want me to do this and that and uh, all your dad wants me to do is join the marching band so and and yeah so he was clearly just insecure and mad at life and wort was just or greg was just there seemingly ruining it for him in his in his point of view
1: right very teenage it's a very teenager thing outlook essentially yeah yeah um it's the angst and then yeah episode 10 yeah this is where uh the beast has been having greg do all these like different tasks right and you can see that greg is starting to not look so well like he's starting to look sick
0: yeah yeah he's starting to look sickly he's looking like he hasn't been getting any sleep and you you wonder like what is what exactly is the beast demanding of him, and like what's gonna happen? And eventually, he, he becomes part of like this own his own like little edelwood bush or tree or whatever. And Wirt finds him, along with Beatrice's help, and they 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 try to get him out. But you know, there's another battle going on with the woodsman and the beast at the same time, where you know it it kind of all comes to a head. Like what what exactly is the lantern for? Right, it's so it's being burned with uh, the the sap from these uh, Edelwood treats, you know, which happens and to be cool.
1: which happens to be the the souls of children.
0: Yeah, yeah. The basically, it, that that the the sap is essentially what that is supposed to be. I guess you know. How did you come to that conclusion? Or you know, besides besides like what the show showed.
1: Well, I mean, that's essentially like what I mean. They said that. that that that, that's what that was like you know it was children that were being made of um that that's what the edelwood was and that you know that you know that he didn't want to exchange their soul for his daughter like he didn't want to do it he didn't know what it was at first and then when he realized that he was done
0: yeah, and I you feel bad for the woodsman because he's been under the impression that he's been keeping the light of his daughter alive for this whole time, but really he's just been doing the beast will since since the beginning. Right, because it's the um, beast
1: that's in that lantern. Yeah, it's Lying. a it's a tough he, thing he, to swallow. Right, right. He lied to the woodsman, essentially.
0: Right. Yeah, it's almost he he gave the woodsman a lovely lie because he's just like if you do this you'll keep your your daughter's like spirit alive basically and um Wirt kind of realizes it at first he realizes that the the whole idea of him like doing what the woodsman is doing for years and years for the rest of his life just to keep the spirit of his brother alive is stupid
1: right and he's right. not gonna play that game and then he was and, the one that made the point about you know is is his daughter really in there or is that you why are you so why are you so um invested in this lantern
0: right and he he like faints as if he's going to uh blow out the candle or blow out the flame and the beast like freaks out so that's when we knew yeah okay he needs this uh lantern to burn to to exist yeah to exist yeah and um the woodsman realizes this and doesn't want to play his game any longer and ends up snuffing out the flame while Wurt uh, cuts down the Adelwood tree, which, you know, has his brother ensnared. Yeah. And then the episode or the story comes to a close, basically. Like, Wurt wakes up in the water, finds um, the frog and Greg just kind of floating. And, you know, he picks him up. and
1: Right. Like, he, you know, the, the, the nice thing about the show is that he really just it helps Wurt to realize that he really does care about his brother
0: yeah and i and that's ultimately the the greatest moral uh, that you can get from the story is um not to be an xt teen when you know other people are involved in stuff especially like brothers and don't dismiss others because you and your grievances perceive uh others to be the problem or whatever but um, I I I think it's a really lovely story. I think it's a really heartwell sto- heartfelt story, and you know they're in the they're in the hospital, and work wakes up. He's just like, where's Greg? We're, it's first thing he thinks of, um, not the fact that the the girl that he has a crush on is like leaning over him or anything. It's it's he's he wants to know that his brother's okay. Yeah. And that shows that the arc of his character has totally changed. He, Cause before he couldn't care, like in the episode prior, when you're going through like the Halloween stuff, he couldn't care that work was, or he couldn't care that Greg was like hanging along. Right. Rem- remember he didn't want him around, but now that's the first thing he thought of when, like after they've had all those adventures and seemingly the adventures were real. Like uh, Greg was talking about the adventures, he was shaking up the frog and the lantern or the bell was like ringing and glowing inside him and then uh, we right, have a montage of all the stuff
1: right and then it closes out with like the second half of that first the, of the beginning song and it's actually like like I said the first half kind of sets out sets up like an ominous adventure and then the second half like sets it up for like a happy, happy ending the sound of it sounds a lot like you know happier for sure Um, yeah
0: it's a it's a really yeah like the woodsman
1: gets his daughter back um beatrice becomes human along with her family lorna and and uh auntie whispers are living a happy life and um it was funny what what uh uh um, beatrice's mom she was like come come and eat your dirt and then beatrice is like don't call it that (laughs) he's like what are you gonna do turn turn us into bluebirds again
0: Right. So for them, like all the people that were affected by all of this, that was reality. Um like that actually happened. For whatever reason, they're no longer in that purgatory state of the unknown and they're back to reality, but they have those shared memories. And it's it kind of just begs the question, did it actually happen? Was it just a big d- shared dream? And Right, right. Uh, I I like I like the idea that it did happen in this parallel world.
1: Yeah, same.
0: I think that's where i stand with that there are some people that interpret the song uh the loveliest lies of all as um the fact that wart and greg didn't actually survive um and that i i don't subscribe to that theory personally just because it doesn't ring true for the rest of the show i guess it's almost like it's it's suggesting that the loveliest lie is that the show has a happy ending when it really doesn't but i do think the show does have a happy ending for a number of like characters and for a number of reasons right and i guess that's that's what i prefer to believe here
1: agreed
0: and that is our coverage of over the garden wall anthony did you like the show
1: i hated it dakota damn
0: Damn, i knew it i knew it um uh it was i
1: i i enjoyed it um i did but like my enjoyment of it was i don't know like i would say it's different from the way that i enjoy other things it was like just really really odd but like you know you i i will say that it's very few times am i satisfied with the ending of a tv show or a movie But that had like a really satisfying ending
0: which is amazing it's amazing it it,
1: it is amazing and i told you that it was an ending that allowed me to not like i didn't need more like i felt good with what i had
0: yeah absolutely um it's it's a concise show it doesn't necessarily need a sequel. You were talking about how Patrick McHale says that he's working on a spiritual successor to Gar- Over the Garden Wall, which I appreciate because a, a sequel series or a sequel um, thing probably wouldn't work right uh, as well. But if it's a spiritual successor, I think that could be a cool thing, maybe more exploration of the unknown or whatever. But I'm excited about whatever that prospect is. So next week we're going to be covering uh, Revenge of the Sith. So be sure to re-watch Revenge of the Sith uh, so that we can uh, all enjoy discussing the uh, little details, the minutiae of some people's favorite Star Wars movie ever. So I'm excited to dig down deep. I know that's the movie I probably watch the least because it's so dark. Like it, it is the darkest of the Star Wars movies really. So i'm i'm excited to revisit it and see uh you know just try to learn a little bit more i would so i would
1: say that revenge of the sith is probably the prequel movie that i've seen the most just because i feel like it's the best out of all the prequel movies i agree with that and uh i feel like this is where we get our best version of ewan mcgregor's obi-wan that's like my i was it I, I liked him in uh, attack of the clones but bro, bro that mullet just was not working man <laughs> that mullet <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a tough look but it, it, um, he looked a lot more anyway. like his uh episode four character in revenge of the sith
0: yeah you could start to see that uh, change start to happen but anyway we'll talk more about that next week uh, we hope you enjoyed this discussion of Over the Garden Wall. If it's uh, invigorated you to re the show, please do it. It only takes an hour or two or whatever to actually get through it. It's it's well worth your time. So uh, we hope to see you next week. Go ahead and follow us wherever we um, post stuff on social media like Peek Ecology on Twitter and Project Ecology on Instagram. Just look us up. You'll find us no problem. And yeah, subscribe if you haven't already, to learn more about the random stuff that we like talking about.
1: Yes. Give us a good review and we will read them on air.
0: Yeah. Actually, we should get back into that because I think there's a couple that we haven't read uh, in a while. So next week, we'll try to jump on that. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Tattoo